hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Today on the podcast review show, we're looking at the AP professor. And if you stick around to the end, we're going to talk a little lion taming. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the Podcast Review Show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. Hey, welcome to the podcast review show. I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com. This is where we bring somebody on and we point out what they're doing right so they can do more of that. And we might find a couple of things that maybe they just need to polish just a little bit. And uh, tonight we have Kevin from the AP professor.org and uh, joining me right over there is uh, Eric K. Johnson. You might know him from podcasttalentcoach.com. Eric, how's it going, buddy? Things are great, Dave. Looking to uh, get back at it once again. So, Kevin, tell us, what inspired you to start your podcast? Well, it's a podcast for A&P professors. And what A&P is, is anatomy and physiology. And you wouldn't know that unless you're already teaching anatomy and physiology. But everybody calls it that. And I've been teaching for over 30 years. And I think I've learned a few things along the way, mostly by mistakes <laughs> that I've made. But uh you know, being a teacher, I just like bringing other people along for the ride and showing them the mistakes I made and, you know, solutions I found and so on. So this podcast is directed for people who do what I've been doing for decades. And um, so it's a way for me to connect with my colleagues and it's a way to share, especially for those that uh, are kind of coming up in, in uh, a little bit early in their career. So, but even um, just sharing ideas with uh People have been doing it longer than me. So, you know, I, I'm learning a lot, too. At what level do you teach? It's aimed at undergraduate anatomy physiology, which is one of the most common biology courses taught in an undergraduate level because everybody who's going into nursing or physical therapy or pre-med or anything like that has to take that or something like it. So there's, you know, there are a lot of people out there. So I also teach uh, in a graduate program for people who want to teach or are teaching anatomy and physiology. So I kind of come at it from both angles. We always have people fill out a form uh, when they sign up for the podcast review show. And you actually said you're already starting to have people say that the podcast is helping them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot. And that's uh, I mean, that's really what I was aiming for. I mean, it's it's like teaching. I, Dave, I think you've been a teacher before yeah. and I don't do it for the huge salary. <laughs> what I do it for is, you know, because I want to help people. And when you get that kind of feedback, when you say, hey, I've that thing that you were talking about, as a matter of fact, I just got some feedback about that uh, today, earlier today from a longtime colleague. And I didn't realize he was a regular listener to the podcast. I see him at the meetings and stuff. Nice. He, he kind of wanted to debate a point, but he also said, oh, and I, I've been incorporating this other thing that you recommended and so on. And actually, the first experience of that I had was uh, after I started my podcast, the first um, uh, conference for A&P teachers that I went to after that, I had a couple of people come up and ask me if I had a green pen. And I always carry a green pen. And I forgot that in an early episode, I had talked about the fact that I stopped using a red pen. I always use a green pen. And if you ever see me, I'll have a green pen with me. So people were testing me <laughs> to see if I had a green pen, which to me said, oh, my gosh, you listened. You know, not only listened, nice. but you remembered, you know. And, yes, I did have a green pen. I have one with me. I have a whole bunch of them right here right now. But. Nice. So today we're reviewing episode 52. How long have you been doing the podcast? Is it weekly? Well, I started out weekly and, uh, oh man, that's, it's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. So 
I decided to cut back to every other week. But but then I don't know. I felt like there was like something missing because when you go from every week to every other week, it just seems like I, I wasn't doing it fast enough. So I start doing a preview uh, episode. So now I'm almost back to like once a week, basically, because I do a preview before every regular episode. And in the preview, I um, I break down uh, some of the terminology that I'm going to be using because I give updates in you know what's new in science. And so sometimes they're making up new terms. And uh, so in our classes, our AMP classes, most of us with our students will break down words like carbaminohemoglobin and um, you know, and, and that gets the students used to sort of translating it themselves. So I do that just sort of like practice in my preview for terms that'll be coming up in the regular episode. And then I give a book recommendation, a few other things and that kind of, and then I tell them what are the big topics we're going to talk about in our regular episode. And are those teasers uh, numbered as a typical episode or will it be episode 51 and then a teaser episode and then episode 52? Yeah, it, it it goes that way. So I I um I sort of mark my preview episode as a bonus to the main episode that follows. Okay. All right. So exactly like you said, yeah. Great. All right. Well, let's take a listen to this is the first 90 seconds of your show. The comedian WC Fields once quipped, "If the left half of the brain controls the right half of the body, then only left-handed people are in their right mind. Welcome to the A&P Professor, a few minutes to focus on teaching human anatomy and physiology with host Kevin Patton. In this episode, I discuss case studies. I have some updates in left-handedness, mapping the brain, and reversing biological age, plus hints on responding to students. One in 10 of us is left-handed. I'm not one of them. I'm right-hand dominant. But when we look at handedness, that is, which hand is dominant or not, the question always comes up, well, why is that so? Is it based in genetics? Is there something in our genes that tells us to be left-handed? Or is that something in our environment that uh, pushes us in the direction of being left-handed or right-handed? And the best guess, based on people who study these things right now, is somewhere in the neighborhood of 25% of it is probably based on genetic factors, and about 75% of it is based on environmental factors. So, in my mind, nope, we don't have an answer yet. But it's an interesting question. And there, we're now starting to tease out some genetic factors that may, in fact, play a role in whether we're left-handed or not. And that's the first 90 seconds. So, Eric, I'll, uh, I'll let you start off. Uh, I thought her introduction to the show was good. She talks about a few minutes to focus on teaching human anatomy and physiology. kind of tells us what the show's about. Uh, I would have liked to have heard who the show is for. Like, who are we helping and what are we helping them do? If we are talking to other college professors or those who teach human anatomy and physiology, what what are we arming them with? How are they going to be better by the time this episode's over? That might have been something I would have added to the beginning, but I like the fact that you uh, you set up the show that we're we're taking a few minutes to talk about teaching human anatomy and physiology. Uh, we give your name. We say we're we're talking about case studies today: left handedness, mapping the brain, uh, reverse aging, and responding to students. So you kind of give us the table of contents and. And we're ready to roll through it. I would have liked to have heard a little bit of your qualifications up front. You know, tell us why you're the authority and why we should listen to you. I, you do a nice job giving that at the end. You talk about being a textbook author and, and some things like that at the end of the episode. I would have liked to have heard a, a little bit of that qualification up front. Because if I'm a new listener and I come across this and I go, oh, here's one that'll help me teach A&P. This is fantastic. And then you come on. Why is it that I should I should trust you and believe what you have to say? So not not so much tooting your own horn uh, over the top, but just a few credentials. You do it nice and succinctly at the end, which we'll hear a little later. I, I would have liked to heard a little bit of that up front. But overall, I thought the the table of contents 
sort of index that you give up front, telling us exactly what we're going to get on this episode. I appreciated that. And uh, I thought her introduction sounded great. And, and we jumped right into it. I liked it. Yeah, that was me. I, I thought the production, I liked the, just the whole flow of it. It was kind of just this cool, almost uh surf kind of guitar thing going on in the background, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And I'd love a table of contents. Uh, one of my favorite lines that Eric always says is nobody gets on a bus unless they know where they're going. And we knew immediately where we were going. So I thought that was great. And, uh, and then you just don't right into it. There wasn't any kind of like, Hey, let's, you know, today I'm going to talk about this really cool thing about how, how to overcome wanting to punch your students in the face when they don't read the <laughs> syllabus. But first, let me tell you what my cat did. You know, there, there was none of that going on. It was right to the, the meat and potatoes. So uh, I love that. And then the, the next clip I wanted to play, one of the things you really do really good is you were just talking to your buddy. Like it's, it's like you went to a bar and it's a, it's a place where, you know, you see on TV where like, where all the firemen hang out. It's like you went to a bar for AP professors and you're just hanging out. You're like, wait. And, and so let me play this quick clip. Now, again, this is all very preliminary, but I don't know about you, but I get questions about this sometimes is, you know, what makes us left-handed or right-handed, especially when I'm talking about crossing over in the central nervous system and so on. And people will ask us those kinds of questions. And now I can say, well, you know, there's a lot of questions about that. We don't know that, but there's some recent studies been done that suggest maybe the cytoskeleton. Remember the cytoskeleton? And that gives us an opportunity to bring up one of those those core ideas of science that just keep coming up. The cytoskeleton does all kinds of things in our body. And here's another role that possibly the cytoskeleton plays in our overall function. So you know that old cytoskeleton, Eric, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, we hang out all the time. <laughs> so I love that for the fact that when you go, well, I don't know about you. And it wasn't like, I don't know about you guys. There wasn't any group speak. You were talking to one person. Yeah. And then you went into this, you, again, kind of a cool, you're, you're teaching the teacher. You're like, hey, and this will give you another opportunity to bring up that cytoskeleton. And I just picture the person going, oh, wow, that's genius. I, I, this, I've always wanted to work in the cytoskeleton into my, you know, my lesson or whatever. And this just guy gave me a great tip. So to me, I just, when I heard that, I was like, that is so cool uh, because so many people, uh, and I think we get it from radio and TV and, you know, the circus, you know, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, we want to talk to a group. And I really just felt like you were sitting down, like talking to your bestest, you know, like almost like you're in the teacher's lounge. Like there's a bunch of yeah. AP folks. You're like, well, wait a minute, this kind of thing. So uh, I just thought that was a great clip. Um, you do a nice job of that throughout the episode. It's very conversational. Uh, you're able to connect with your listener in a much more powerful way when you do it one-on-one -on -one and you have that natural conversational style through this whole episode. Even later on, when you start talking about the syllabus, uh, it, it feels like, you know, I should have a class here because you're talking to me about <laughs> handing out the syllabus and going through it and things like that. So you do a nice job with that. Well, the other thing about that is because that was at like the two minute mark. So right there, I know if I'm an AP teacher, this is for me. It's like, it's, it's kind of a thing where it's like, if it was for students, you wouldn't be saying that. So that was another right. kind of area. It's like, okay, in case you haven't figured it out yet, this is for teachers. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool just and again, it was this helpful kind of gesture and the way you did that. And uh, Eric talked about this was one of my favorite things where you're uh, talking about reading the syllabus. And uh, I, I just I'll just play the clip. I gave up on that. And now I focus on a much more attainable quest, turning lead into gold. I think that's going to be much easier <laughs> than getting 100 percent of my students to read or read their syllabus. But there are some things I've learned as coping mechanisms, which I'm going to share with you right now. So why I like this clip is for one thing, because you, you lead up, you're like, hey, I'm going to tell you how to get your kids to read the syllabus. And I'm picturing every AP professor going, oh, wait, let me get a pen, a green one. And I'm going to, you know, and and then you go, eh, that's not going to happen. Just face it. I gave up a long time ago. So I love the humor in that, that it's like, hey, you know. Every teacher has to have a sense of humor. When you're dealing with students, you have to have a sense of humor. So I love the fact that you sucked me in. Like, oh wow, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. How how do you get them to read the syllabus? You're like, oh, never mind. And then you're like, oh, but while you're here, I've got some tips to help you deal with the fact 
that they don't read the syllabus. And I was like, that was, it was just a nice little turn uh, to, to hold my attention basically. Yeah. I thought it did a great job of showing your sense of humor. When you started talking about the syllabus and how kids never read it, I flashed back to college where professors would give me like a 28 page syllabus. And I'm like, I already bought a textbook. Why do I need to read the syllabus? Like this is ridiculous. And, I would never read those really long ones. I'd read the one that was front and back and I'd call it good. That was the, I'd get through that one. Yeah, and then uh, I thought this was just a great way of, again, it's just a useful tip. It's from a teacher for a teacher about a teacher. I just thought this was another great, uh, and you had a lot of really, I mean, we could sit here all day and play your tips for just a lot of really good stuff, but this was one of my favorites. And so when they're not following directions, I don't say, you should have done it this way. I told you to do it this way. What I do is I pretend for the moment that I'm teaching kindergarten. And I just picture them having a sweet young face looking up at me and having done it the wrong way. And I try to be kind to them and say, look, you know, it it didn't work because, you know, we were going to be doing it a different way, remember? And you need to do this. You need to do that. And here's how I'm going to help you do that. Treat them, not talk down to them. If you've ever been around kindergarten teachers, good kindergarten teachers, they don't talk down to their kids. They meet their kids where they're at and and talk to them in an encouraging, kind way. And that's what we need to do, I think. So I just, when I heard that, I was like, that's A, it's, it's really good advice. I think that would work with all sorts of relationships. You know, the next time you want to tee off on your spouse, just picture that person as a five-year-old. I'm like, you know what? That would, that would help. The so, things I love about your tips are that they're, uh, they're real world examples, yeah. tried and true. They're not just, they're not just theory. There are things you've done that you've, you've found success with and you're passing those along to your colleagues. And then, uh, Eric, what other things did you see? Because he really just had a, it was just a slew of of tips and topics and things like that. Anything else stand out in the episode as uh, as we listen along? Yeah, the tips were great. The things I loved were just the little nuances you did. There was one part where you uh, referenced back in episode 50 where you talked about such and such. And I thought that was a great job. A lot of people want to know how they can get more downloads and how they can get their listeners to consume more of their content. And if this was the first episode I'd ever listened to and you say, hey, back in episode 50, we talked about this. And if you missed it, you might want to go back and revisit that because it'll get you up to speed. That's a great way to get people to go consume some of your back catalog. Just a a nice little nuance that you tucked in in the conversation. You made a nice affiliate reference in the uh, during the conversation. It wasn't an over the top uh, overt pitch for something that you wanted to, to hawk to everybody. It was just in passing, you had mentioned a, a resource and that you had an affiliate link for it on your website. You might make three cents if you go buy it, uh, but it's something that you use in the classroom and it helps you organize your day-to-day operation. And I thought that was a nice, a nice subtle plug for your affiliate link, um, but, but it also was a resource to help your, your listeners. And, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of podcasters who are uncomfortable selling and I tell them if what you're offering is truly of service to your listener and it will help them solve their problems, then you should never feel guilty about selling them something. They're paying to have a solution to their problem. And that's exactly what you offered. And I thought that was great. And then just in between your segments, you had some nice little transition music, some bumps that kind of signaled, all right, we're moving on to the next subject. And I thought that was great too. I I just love how you gave useful tips that your peers could use in their, in their um, everyday lives and in their classrooms. Yeah. The, uh, especially the kind of the part, the spots that were advertisements, it was like, here it is. Here's what it is. Here's what it does. It was like, it it wasn't a Leo Laporte four minute audible ad. It was like, (laughs) it was in and out and, and, um, and yet it wasn't, it it was just enough. It was like, okay, here's what it is. Here's what it does. Here's why you should buy it. And that's it. And we're done. It wasn't, uh, you didn't labor at all. And uh, so consequently, because there were a few spots through the episode, but every time one came on, I was like, that's right. It's not a big deal. It's probably 10, it's, it felt like 15 seconds. It was probably longer than that, but uh, they were quick and to the point. 
And they seem relevant. That was the other thing. They seem to to match the audience. It wasn't like, all right, now we're going to talk about Blue Apron. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and I know Eric had mentioned some great resources. I had a, a, a clip of that. And if you're looking for some case studies that have been classroom tested to use in your own course, then I suggest you check out the National Center for Case Study Teaching and Science. Besides a whole collection of case studies you can use, a collection that's growing pretty rapidly, there are all kinds of other resources they have, including workshops, a conference, training videos, and books. And they're all about how to use case studies. Now, I have a link to all this in the show notes and at the episode page at the APProfessor.org if you want to check it out. So here again, it's it's it sounds like you've gone through, you've done the homework, you've seen it. I, I like when you go, and this thing's kind of growing rapidly. I was like, okay, that's that proves again that you've been there and you've done that. Uh, so you've kind of done the homework. And uh, at this point, because everything else you have said has been very helpful it's a case, this is a great example of when you deliver value, I tend to believe everything else you say. Because when you say the thing about kindergarten, and I'm like, you know what, that would work. It would be hard to scream at somebody. <laughs> and, and I just thought that was so, as you go through then, it delivers value to everything you then say. You haven't given me a reason to not trust you. So consequently, I trust what you're saying. So when you do that, it was just, to me, a great example of like, hey, we're talking about case studies. And now you've you've already given a, a fair amount of information about case studies, but now you want to address that one guy that wants to go a little deeper. Like, oh, well, if that's you, I've, I've been here. I looked at this stuff. So I just thought that was a great example of, again, we, we've kind of hit this, but you had a lot of really great tips. And that was just another example of one. I know the the one that Eric was talking about was text expander. And when you said, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, dude, there it is. I live and breathe by text expander. <laughs> And you can make more than five cents with that uh, <laughs> that affiliate. It, it adds up after a while. Eric, anything else before we get to the end of the the episode here? No, I thought I thought the content itself was a good pace. It was very conversational. Yeah. It wasn't uh, all hype and pitch, but it wasn't monotone professors like I've had in the past. It was it was uh, uh, it had some fun to it, uh, but not too much and over the top. So it came off cheesy, and it offered just a ton of useful resources. I thought it was a great episode. Yeah, it wasn't Shecky, the uh, the AP professor. <laughs> <laughs> Clown <Come> on, <laughs> so, all right, well, let's. this is how he wraps up the episode. Hey, don't forget that I always put links in the show notes and at the episode page at theAPProfessor.org in case you want to further explore any of the ideas mentioned in this podcast or if you want to visit our sponsors. There are many ways to stay connected to this podcast and get new episodes as soon as they're released. Just go to the APProfessor.org slash listen to explore the many ways you can do this. And you're always encouraged to call in with your questions, comments, and ideas, and AP jokes at the podcast hotline. That's 1-833-LION-DEN. That's 1-833-546-6336. Or send a recording or written message to podcast at theAPProfessor.org. And you can follow this podcast in Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram using the handle at theAPProfessor. I'll see you down the road. The AP Professor is hosted by Kevin Patton, professor, blogger, and textbook author in human anatomy and physiology. Please do not puncture or incinerate this episode. <laughs> Paid sponsorships and affiliate links help defray podcast expenses. I sometimes receive compensation for teaching courses, consulting, speaking, training wild animals, writing educational content, and other activities mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> I love your sense of humor. Yeah. It just kinda, it pops up out of nowhere and it's so unexpected, which is, which makes it fun. And, uh, you know, you're reading it like a, a car ad disclaimer there really, really fast. And you, and you throw in a training. Wild animals. Yeah. Like, 
those are the things I love. I thought your qualifications there at the end that she gives are solid. You know, the fact that you are a professor is good. I might add in like your tenure, the the length of time you've been teaching uh, anatomy and physiology, just to add to that credibility. And I might move that to the front of the episode just to give you some credibility up front there. There are a ton of call to actions here at the end. People run into that, the decision paradox where there's too many decisions. They just don't make any because they're, they are fearful of making the wrong decision. You have the links in the show notes over at the website to get the show notes, to check out the sponsors, to get your contact information. You can call in, you can send a recording, you can send a written message, you can uh, follow the podcast. And all of a sudden my eyes are crossing and uh, (laughs) there are just too many decisions for me. I think you do a great job throughout the show pitch in the podcast uh, or the, uh, the website address already. Um, So that's probably not necessary at the end. I think the call in is probably pretty cool. I would have liked to have heard maybe some audio from that in the episode to kind of reinforce the fact that if you call in, we're going to play you on the show, that sort of thing. That might give you an opportunity to move that out of the end. But as people reach the end of your episode, you need to ask yourself, what's the one thing I want them to do now? Now that the conversation's over, what do I want them to do? Is it visit your website? Is it to get engaged on social media? Is it to send you an email? Is it to call in to be part of the show? Whatever that one important thing is that you want them to do now that the discussion's done, make that your call to action at the end. Uh, where If you want them to go join the email list or whatever, that becomes our call to action and all of the other stuff is secondary because you want them to do the one thing. Focus on that and get them to take some action. But, you know, I thought I love your sense of humor and I... I love your qualifications. I just tout them a little bit more earlier in the show. Yeah, I'm, I thought it was, uh, I just, when I heard it, I was like, oh, and I think we're up to uh, like at least six different calls to action. And that's, uh, yeah. it's hard. I do that myself. There are times I'm like, all right, I'll do one more. And then don't forget. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm up to five. And I'm like, oh, and I, I could just hear Eric going one, one call to action. So um, I do see I the. A, I have a question about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, would you recommend always having the same call to action at the end of every episode or maybe rotate them or something? Yeah, yeah. So you can rotate them. All of that stuff. But whatever. But I do see the point of yeah. uh, this is too much at one time here. Whatever, whatever is most important for this episode. Okay. You know, so if you gave a list of 27 tips in this episode and you know you went through them quick and it's a great lead magnet and you want them to get over to the website to, to get on your email list. You could, you know, the end of this episode could be, hey, I know I went through those really fast and you probably didn't have a chance to write them all down. If you want to go a little deeper, I put them in a nice PDF for you that you can download. Just head over to the website, enter your email address and you can download it right there. That's the call to action. But maybe next week is just kind of your opinion on midterms and, you know, uh, good, bad would discuss and then you say, hey, if you if you want to chime in on it, then the call to action this week is to call the Lion's Den hotline and and uh, leave your feedback. I'd love to hear what you have to say, and we'll play some of the best on next week's episode. So the, the call to action can rotate, you know, or maybe it's consistent two out of every three weeks. So maybe two weeks it's come join the email list, but the third week it's a rotator. It's a follow us on social media or it's a uh, leave a voicemail. So it doesn't have to be the same one. It should just be one so people don't have to decide which one to do. You don't want to have to convince them to pick one. You want to have one and you want to convince them to actually take action. So the, the whole purpose of one call to action is to convince somebody to take action, not convince somebody to choose which action to take. Yeah, that's a very good point. Thank you. And there are ways you can even simplify that where... Instead of saying, follow me on Instagram, like my Facebook page, uh, email me and leave me a speak pipe message or just upload a, a file that you've already uploaded to Dropbox. You could simply go, all you need to do is go to the approfessor.org slash contact and have all that information on one page. So it's one thing to remember versus, you know, 15 or things like that. Um, yeah, you could say, what's your favorite way to get in touch with me? Oh, great. I have that over at APProfessor.org <laughs> slash contact. Yeah. You can, you know, it's, it's right I love there. that. That's Just great. Like yeah. That. Okay. I'm using that. Yeah. <laughs> and then the, uh, the other thing, cause I, I went to uh, the APProfessor.org slash listen, 
and I see where it redirects to podcast-subscribe.html. So you are using redirects. Have you thought of using a redirect for your episode? Because when you say things like, hey, it's in the show notes, just go to the approfessor.org slash 52, you could then redirect that to your page. And that way, when you say, oh, we talked about that back in episode 50, just go to the approfessor.org slash 50, and that'll take you right to that. That way, it makes it easy. You're kind of reinforcing maybe that. Or uh, it also, uh, it's one of those things where it's easy to fall into the trap of like, well, when they go to the website, it's the latest episode. It'll be right there at the top. They don't even have to look for it. But there are people that will find that the latest episode and then go back and find one from 10 months ago. And now they've got a, they're listening to it on their app. And depending on how you have it set up, if they go back to the website, now they're trying to find the show notes from something from last January and it's not as easy to, to find. So where if, if you have those, you know, slash 13 slash 14 slash things, sometimes that's an easier way for people to, uh, to find yeah, stuff. That, that's a great idea. Cause then it's, they go straight there rather than having to land somewhere first and then find it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I love that idea. Great. But uh, the website we'll take a peek at here is, uh, well, first of all, I got to know that we keep hearing about it. What is, is the lion den anything to do with AP or is that just what the phone spelled out? In the olden days, before I was a teacher of humans, I was a lion tamer, apprentice lion tamer. <laughs> and uh, my very first website, which I started, Back in the early days of websites, I mean, this is a long time ago. I called it Lion Den, just because I like lions. And uh, I had did you really did you really tame lions? Yeah, yeah, I did, and uh, it, it's oh, a blast. God. I I really miss a lot of aspects of it, but other aspects, it, it's a hard job. Yeah, <laughs> as you can imagine, it's a hard <laughs> job. But I miss the animals. I really miss the animals. But yeah, so I mean, that's where that came from, and that's where I put resources for my students. And then later, I started sharing resources for teachers. So I still have a website called lionden.com. I kind of spun off uh, this this website here for uh, anatomy and physiology professor specifically. The website, uh, when you go to listen, takes you to this page. You've got the buttons here, which is great. The, the top three there, actually probably top four at this point, which is Google, Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and then, you know, the cast of characters, which is great. So whatever they want, you've got it there. I thought that was good. The, if we go to the actual page for the show notes, how would I get to that if I was on the website? So we, we're here looking at episode 52. Is that just a matter of going to podcast and then episode list? Well, you can go that way. That that one's a little bit harder to navigate. I, I think the best way would be to go to podcast. I think it says podcast home. Podcast home. Uh, okay. So if I go yeah. here. Go to podcast home. And then it's got like little uh, boxes for each one. Is he scrolling? I'll scroll down a little bit. Okay, yeah. got it. Oh, so see. It's, yeah, so the latest episodes are on top. And then as you scroll down, you'll see a bunch of them. And see it there. gives you like the topics in each one. Got it. But the episode list is just the table format of the same thing. Yeah. So here, there are a couple of things I was a little confused on. Um, I like the fact that you've got everything here in timestamps and things like that. But why do we have two players? Oh, yeah, that um, actually, I've been having trouble with the um, formatting of that website. I actually have somebody working on it now, but those players, they add extra white space. And so the line um, above it should go with that, with the smaller player, and that's the preview episode. So, you know, you can listen to that first, and then the larger player, the one with the thumbnail, that's that actual episode that you're on now. Oh. So, um, yeah, if you go, uh, let me, I, it's hard for me to see that, but if I go, if I ever thought it was two players playing the same episode, that confused me. No, I should format that. Well, I mean, I, as I said, I'm having too much white space in there for some reason, but, um, so yeah, it should, there should be a line there that says, listen to the preview first to get, yeah, get the full experience. Listen to this episode's preview first. So that goes with the top player, the mini player. Gotcha. And, and I, I should label that better. You're right. That Yeah, uh, I was I was just a little confused. Yeah. The other thing you can do is when you're making these players, like if I want this mini player, you can come in here and say, look, I don't need 200 pixels for this. Yeah, I, I actually did that. And um, yeah. it, it it's actually, it's not, it, I mean, that 
works okay. Actually, and in my view, when I'm logged in as an admin, mm -hmm. I see it correctly uh, without that gap. It's just that there's something going on in my theme somewhere. And I actually have somebody working on it now. So I think they've solved the problem. It just, they just haven't moved that their changes over to the live server yet, but that that'll get fixed. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, that was the first thing I did was play around with those numbers. Cause I thought that was what was causing what the it. There's there some kind of style sheet thing going on in my theme. That's messing that up or well, something. That, that's what I was going to mention. Cause then you have the yeah. two players and then you have a big old box of nothing. Yeah. And That's I actually, to be there. and actually, when I got to here, I was like, "Oh, I guess we're done." And then I see on the right, there's a transcript, and then click here to be notified by blog post when the episode. So there's a lot of things on the side here, and then we actually get to, like, yeah. And so I was confused here because I'm like, "Wait a minute, didn't we have this up here, left-handedness?" So I was kind of confused as to why we have. Although, is this kind of I see, hence the name Quick Take? This is just a quick snapshot yeah. and then down here you have the actual notes because this was actually really good once i got down here uh because everything we mentioned earlier how you mentioned episode 50 you had a link to it so i thought that was great it just seemed everything was a little you know just weird spacing and things like that one yeah. one thing i did want to mention here as a guy who's been kicked out of amazon three times this line here help out will get you booted out of amazon you're not allowed, oh. even though it's true, even though shopping through that link will help you. I had one that just said, support the show. And that's what got me kicked out. They're like, you can't wow. say that. And I'm like, why not? And they're like, you're not allowed to say it's a sponsor. You're not allowed to do this. You have that one little line, whatever it is that, uh, you know, such and such is a Amazon associate, maybe whatever their little line is. That's it. They're, they're, they're terms of service. I just went through the whole thing and it is so confusing. And so I would not, I would either a get the Amazon link out of the help out and put it into its own or so, it's just, it's goofy. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Thank yeah. you. But everything else, um, Eric, what were your thoughts on the, the website? I like the sections here where it talks about each of the, uh, the parts of the show. Like we talked about in the show, I love the index and kind of the table of contents. Here's what's coming up. And you have that at the top with the quick take. And then down in the uh, the show notes, we elaborate on each one just like we did in the show. I like that. The, the one thing that kind of, I don't know, rubs me the wrong way with the website is that it, I feel like there's just a lot of things floating yeah. on the website. I tend to like a lot of white space. But Dave, if you scroll up to like number four or uh, right here. So it just feels like these these brain images are floating out in nowhere. It, it to me it feels a little unstable. There's nothing anchoring the images to to anywhere, and it just I there's I don't know. I think it as you reformat the the website and you have your guy working on it, I think that might kind of come into to being with the theme a little bit. But even if if you go back to the episode index where there's uh, where you can find all of the episodes, Dave, the episode page on this page here, it's kind of clunky because they're not all organized and, and laid out equally and evenly. Yeah. Like if you, if you look at the, the first row of the episodes, they all look like they kind of line up, but the more we scroll down and look at other episodes, the more it kind of gets kind of out of kilter and a little wonky. So, you know, I'm using a lot of technical terms here, so I'm hoping you're able to follow. Along. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> Is this the one you're talking about or no, that's podcast no, home. It'd be podcast home. Yeah. Podcast home. Yeah. There we go. And so when you, when you look at right here, so we're kind of still even, you know, these three kind of line up. But then we start getting down here and like episode 50 is kind of up a little bit. And there's an odd player there above 51. Yeah. And then I kind of have a couple boxes there. Those red boxes in the middle of nowhere for something. I don't even know what those are for. You know, and it's just kind of, I don't know. These all just, they, they're, they're not consistent in shape and size. And that just kind of makes it look like it's a bulletin board rather than yeah. like a, a formatted page. Okay. So it, I don't know. To me, it's just kind of, it, it lacks a little bit of style. 
But overall, I thought on, you know, on the episode, I said, I thought you should do a better job of promoting your credentials. And I think on this website, there is a definite why uh, to consume the podcast of what you deliver and uh, a definite solid about page for you that, that lists your credentials and what you do and who you are. I think you give the essence of the podcast really well here on the blog, on the website. Uh, I'd like to see that more of that come through on the podcast episode itself. The other thing that, uh, you know, I don't mind the orange uh, f- the style and, and that sort of thing, but when, on the pull down menus, it's kind of a beige font or in, in on my desktop, it was a little difficult for me to read those, like read the, like the top two right here. I don't know what they say. Like they're a little small for me on my screen, but the, the, the contrast between the font and the white background wasn't quite enough to make it easy to read in terms of navigation. I, th- I didn't think the navigation was too bad. It was, it was easy for me to find the podcast and a lot of the resources on the show in your, in your show notes, everything you talked about was right there. It was easy. Your call in information is right there. So in terms of, of giving me the content that I need and the resources I need, that's all there. It looked, you know, it's all easy to find. It's just the look of it could use a a little touch up and a little reorganization. Yeah, the, okay, great. The two things I'm always looking for on a website, and it's the most viewed page on my website, is the one called About. And Eric was talking about your nice About page, and I'm like, where is it? And I'm like, I don't know how to get <laughs> to that. About and Contact, because those are the two things we want. People want to know what is this I'm listening to. So you could have a first paragraph about, you know, and that's one of the things. There's so much stuff here. Is this a podcast page? Is this a a resource? Is it a, you know, because when I go over to tools and topics, I was like, okay, there's a whole bunch of stuff on here, which is great. But the about page might explain, hey, this is a page, you know, you've you've landed on, you know, the APProfessor.org. We're a podcast. You could have a link right to uh, a page where the podcast is. We're also we also have resources for such and such and such and such, and then you could say the site is brought to you by you know Dr. Kevin Patton, who and then have your credentials. But I so that would be the about page, and then a contact page because um, it's here. But if I go to home, let me just click on home. I do love the uh, yeah. So here, if I want to contact you, it's down here at the very very bottom. Um, this itty bitty orange contact. Yeah, if you go to the home page for the whole website, because I, I yep. I've had this website. Uh, yeah, there it is. I've you had this website. Bit, yeah, I'm, long before I had the podcast, yeah, so I just I, kind of inserted the podcast into this website. Got it. Okay, so that's the that's the thing. So yeah, Dave, uh, if you scroll down a little bit, mm-hmm. right here, oh, is contact about Kevin me, Patton, and there's his about right there. I mean, it's right oh, there on it is. the home page. Oh, see, I missed it. Scrolled right by it. Yeah, and it, it gives great credentials of what Kevin's all about. Okay. Yeah, I actually just totally missed it. So there's not an about page because it's the home page. It's the home page. That makes sense. Yeah, it was just a little bit below the fold. And then you have a I contact me right there. The, the one that, that I just went, I, I wasn't sure what the purpose was, is you have one here that's a table, the episode list. Oh, yeah. And I just looked at this and kind of went, again, we have two players, and I now understand that that first one's the pre of the preview, I guess. But it just, I haven't, the one thing I wanted to do that I, I didn't realize till tonight when we we're doing this, I'm like, oh, I wanted to see what this looks like on a phone, because my guess is it's a hot mess. I could be wrong, but I just... No, it, it actually, it looks okay, okay. except it does... Um Depending on, you know, the, the phone size and right. format, that player, uh, sometimes all you get is the play button. Right. You don't get the whole title and so on. So the the table actually formats, it's a plugin that uh, formats pretty well on nice. mobile. Nice. Okay, good. Um, but I don't think a lot of people go there, so I'm not even sure I should have this table. I just thought it was, you know, once we get the that spacing um, yeah. fixed, uh, then those rows aren't going to be as as big because right. you won't have all that white space, so it'll look a little bit better. Uh, and and it's it's a little more condensed and even than that other page that we were talking about that had the little boxes. 
Um, so I just want to have an alternate, like, oh, I hate this page where it has all these boxes. Uh, here's a here's a different way I can scroll through. You look them. at it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. But not many people you, go to this page, so I'm well, not sure if I should even. Well, what page was this, Dave? This is the podcast list. And what I've seen people do to kind of get what you're you're after is they'll just have a page, and this is where you have to have really good titles, which you have really good titles, like how to amplify learning in AP and cells and oxygen availability. They'll just have the titles, and then the title will then go to the the show notes page. They don't need okay. – you, know, you have the player here, and it's like, if you just want to see what am I missing by the title, you know, and then you have the transcript, which is on another page, which – on one hand, normally I would say put a player with the transcript, but you've already got good show notes. So this is just for people that want a transcript. So uh, right. but is is there a link to the transcript on the actual page? Because I know. Yeah. It, OK, I figured as much. There, yeah, there's one over to the right in that like bar. Uh, um, yeah, way down here. Bar. I remember this. Yeah. And then there's also buttons at the bottom um, that'll take you to the transcript or I have a captioned audiogram and. You know, that kind of stuff. So that's way at the bottom, uh, you know, below the um, segments yeah. that are there. So, Dave, you know, the uh, the table you were looking at actually looks a lot better on the phone. phone than it does on, on, maybe that's yeah. it. Now, if I'm holding my phone vertically like you normally would, you can only see the first three columns and you have to scroll over to see the others. But if I turn it horizontally, uh, I can see all five columns and it and they're all formatted perfectly and they look great. I mean, your website actually looks better on a phone than it does on the desktop. <laughs> when I go to the uh, podcast jukebox, that looks great on the phone. I mean, it lines up perfectly. Everything looks really good and easy to use. When you're looking at that table on the phone, the far left column has introduction to the episode and it that player, and then the main part of the episode and that player. And it looks it looks great. Like the phone, the phone experience is even better than the desktop experience. Yeah. You, you have another area here on the jukebox player with just a mile yeah, of see. empty space. So yeah, it sounds like the same thing. Yeah. It sounds like you've got somebody working on that. So that's really right, the only yeah. thing I saw just seeing, I was with Eric. I thought things were a little, it just like it, a bulletin board is a great example of what it kind of looked like that one page. I was like, well, I All understand right, what's right. going on here. But uh, other than that, um, I was just going to ask, and and you've already explained it. This was a an AP professor was the website before there was a podcast, so you kind of had to shoehorn it in here, right? Um, so. Yeah, because I had a blog for ten years called the AP Professor, and uh, that's part part of why I start doing the podcast was I had a lot of evergreen information that people just weren't going back to look at, and I didn't want to like just keep recycling the blog and, you know, I just, I just was interested in podcasts myself and was hearing, you know, other academic people doing podcasting and that. And I thought, well, shoot, why not? This is be fun. It's something new and different and keep me from getting dementia earlier and by learning <laughs> some new skills. And, uh, it's, I'm certainly learning new skills. I think it's driving me crazy earlier than I would have, but, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's what, you know, it's kind of a, it was an evolution. It wasn't just like, you know, starting with the podcast. But all in all, I, I thought the the show was great. I thought you had some really great tips. Like I say, I love the fact that like, I, I get Eric's point where if you kind of did a welcome to the such and such where we blank so the, the people know exactly what you're getting into. But yeah. I, I do like the fact mm -hmm. that at the two minute mark, you just the way you're talking, I knew this was for instructors. So I, I really like that. I love the fact that you were talking to one person and uh, there were just a, it, it's funny because I think it was about probably three fourths of the way through. And you just were like, and here's some more tips and here's some more tips. And I was just <laughs> like, okay. So it just, you have a ton of information in here and uh, it was all good. So uh, really the only thing I thought uh, when I, when I was, kind of thinking, how do you summarize this? I had more, uh, to me, the one that kind of was like, mm, and it sounds like you have somebody working on it was your website. I, yeah. I thought needed more work than the, than the actual podcast. How about you, Eric? What were your final thoughts? I thought the, uh, the content itself, the, the middle 
all of the meat of the episode was great. I thought you did uh, a nice job referencing your affiliates and your website and referencing former episodes and just your transitions. Everything was great. Uh, there's not a ton I would change. You know, mm-hmm. I think you have some uh, fantastic qualifications that make you an authority in the space. And I, I would recommend you play that up a little bit more if you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself. Uh, get your voiceover to do it at the beginning um, and just play up why people should uh, listen to you and believe what you have to say. And the fact that you've done it for so long and you have real world examples of what works makes you an authority in the space. So use that to your advantage and then clean up the call to action at the end. But other than that, everything, everything between was rock solid. I, I enjoyed it. It was your conversational style and your delivery was fantastic. And the, the pacing of the episode was solid. Cool. Did you have any questions for us? Yeah, I guess uh, one thing I, I always worry about is the sound quality and so on. I, I'm, I have a moderate hearing loss and I wear hearing aids in that. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll listen to like podcast shows and that and say, you know, listen to this new microphone I got. And can't you tell the difference? I'm like, no, no. I can't. No, I can't tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, and so I kind of worry about, you know, I have people, you know, that I ask, does this sound OK? But everybody I ask is probably not going to be as critical as they could be, you know, because they're friends or family yeah. or whatever. You, so did this sound sound all right? Or is there something I'm doing wrong no, there? Or no, I thought it sounded, some, you know, it definitely okay. wasn't distracting. What microphone are you using? What are you using to uh, record it? Well, right now I'm using, it's a weird one. It's uh, called, it's Throne Max. It, it was like a, it was on a Kickstarter site or something. Okay. It's uh, it's kind of, I don't know if I can hold it up here so you can see it, but got to hold it. Well, let me step back just a little bit. Okay. It's, um, it's hard to see. Yeah, no, well, the good news is it's, it's a, uh, it's a side address microphone. So, and it, and it looks like you're actually addressing it from the side because so many people, there's a very popular microphone called the Blue Yeti. That's the same thing. You kind of yeah. talk into the side of it. And most right. people don't know that. Uh, the yeah. only probably, and I, I don't know that microphone firsthand, but my guess is that is a condenser microphone, which just yeah. means it's, it's going to pick up a little more room noise. Um, yeah, and actually it has settings on it. So it's got like several little condenser units inside there and you can rotate the dial around so it's only the front facing one yeah. i mean it's still the same issue yeah. but less so than with ones that, i mean i can set it to go all the way around or two sides or right. whatever sounds then, like it's very similar to that blue yeti yeah, yeah. And, and so the key is just to get a pop filter and i usually tell people three fingers if you can get about three okay. fingers away from the microphone and then you'll notice okay. right now i don't have it pointing like i'm not talking directly into it i'm kind of talking across it i always just tell people Point it at the corner of your mouth and that'll probably get you where you want to go. Cause I can, I mean, I can turn up the microphone and I can talk from way back here and you can still hear me, but now you get all this extra room noise and it goes from like being in a room with somebody to now, now I'm in your head, you know, uh, kind <laughs> yeah. of thing going on. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so it wasn't cause I've heard podcasts that are, are distracting. It sounds like somebody's in the bathroom, in the bathtub, you know, in a subway, something. So I didn't think, Eric, what, what were your thoughts? I, I never was really distracted. I, I thought the, well, I've worn headphones for a living for the last uh, 30 years. So my hearing yeah. is average at best. You know, my wife goes, you never listen to me. I go, no, I can't hear you. Yeah. I don't know what you're saying. You have to speak up. So uh, if I can understand what you're saying, then it's fine by me. Yeah. That's it. It does background noise. And a lot of that doesn't really bother me. The only thing that ever bothers me when I'm listening to a podcast, if if it sounds like you're in a tunnel uh, or in your, you know, you're in a tile bathroom recording it and there's just echo everywhere because you're so far away from the mic. But a little background noise or anything like that really typically doesn't bother me all that much. You know, sound quality, sound quality. If your content's good, I'm sticking around. Yeah, I mean, uh, my audio quality sounds like I'm in a spare bedroom. Uh, because I'm in a spare bedroom. It's, it's a little <laughs> tiny room and, you know, I've got a dynamic mic, but your audio levels were, you know, right where you want them to be. Yeah, uh, spot on. Yeah. So I didn't see anything, you know, I never had to, uh, to grab the volume knob or, or anything. And, uh, you know, I heard there, when I was listening to it now, 
And of course, I've got my podcaster ears on. There was a little bit of hiss, but you have a, a thing called a noise gate. So when you're not talking, it's shut off. Uh, I actually have one on right now. And, you know, if, it's one of those things because I'm a podcaster, I could I could say, oh, he's using a noise gate. You know, it's if I was in the car, I never would have noticed that if I was outside or things like that. So yeah, when you played it back, I noticed the gate closed at the very beginning. Yeah. But after that, I didn't notice it. Yeah. So that's uh, and that's usually just from either a not recording loud enough because you're you're you have a little excess hiss in it or you're not close enough to the microphone or things like that. So you're getting a little more room noise, but it wasn't to the point because sometimes the difference between when the gate is off and when the gate is open is so different. There's like a buzz or something in the background or something that's really obvious that I would actually rather have the gate off and have the constant noise or whatever it is, because the fact that it keeps going off and on and off and off and on for me, at least distracts me. So I, I didn't, you know, I listen well, it attracts your attention to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's always there. It's like you, you become numb to it and yeah. you don't even notice it anymore. It's like, it's like, you know, that buzz in your room. If you sit there long enough, you don't notice it. Somebody walks in they go, what's that buzz? And yeah. you're like, I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. It's like, cause music. you just become numb to it. Yeah. Right. I mean, and I, so, but if it goes on and off and on and off now, all of a yeah. sudden it's what, what keeps going on and off. Yeah. I mean, I have whatever it is where your ears ring, tinnitus, tinnitus, something, whatever. Tinnitus, oh, yeah. tinnitus, yeah. So it's one of those things that now that I said that, I, it's it sounds like a fire alarm in my head because <laughs> I'm listening for it. But uh, if things are going on, I don't really notice it. No, I didn't think it sounded bad. I just, you know, just with that microphone, I would definitely get as close as I can, turn the gain down, but not so much that you lose your, your volume with it. And if you're still not happy... You know, an ATR twenty one hundred is about right now. The Samsung Q two U is on sale for forty nine bucks, and that I actually I actually have one of those. Yeah, um, but I that's not what I typically use. I have oh, you can't get it. In that's all right. Front of mine, but you've seen them. You know what it looks yeah. like. Yeah, and it, so maybe I'll play around with that too and yeah. see. And that's just another one. Just point it at the corner of your mouth. You can either get a little pop filter or a windscreen. You know, I always call it the clown nose that. Oh, right. Yeah, it has one of those on yeah. it. Yeah. And it okay. just basically, I mean, this is an old Sure SM58, but just kind of do one of these and point at the corner of your mouth. And uh, it's the microphone I'm talking into right now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Has, okay. uh, <laughs> this microphone is almost $300. And the Samsung Q2U, like I said, right now is on sale for $49. It is not $250 different. It's, it's so that's, that's one that is uh, the Samsung. 2QU, uh, USB, and XLR yeah, like the ATR2100. Yeah, it's basically this microphone without the lifetime warranty. And I, I like the the volume knob on the ATR2100 is on the back of the microphone. So if this thing's plugged into anything, you have to get kind of almost like pliers to get in here to turn the volume up. With the Samsung Q2U, the volume is actually right on the top of the microphone. So I actually like it a little better. The uh, handling noise is a little better with the Samsung Q2U. And it's cheaper. The only downside is the ATR2100 has a lifetime warranty. And I, in whatever the five or six years I've been promoting that microphone, I've known two people that had to send it back because it just quit working. And I think some of that is they were shipping it and moving it and they didn't unplug it. I think that was probably what happened there. But I don't know anybody who's who's had to. Do you think the two of them sound the same? I know Daniel J. Lewis is recommending the 2QU more now than the ATR2100. Do you find a difference between the two? Yeah, not much, but the QTU has a little warmer sound to it, a little more lower end to it. Uh, I don't think either one is bad. There's because there's the, the ATR2100, the AT2005, which is basically the same mic as one's black and has a cooler on off switch. And then the Samsung Q2U, and I actually like the sound of the Q2U just a little. Just a, and we're talking again tweezers here. We're barely a little better, but it just seems to have a little more warmer sound to it. And of course, that's always going to depend on your voice. It might, you know, uh, react differently with somebody else's voice. But I, my voice is always warm. <laughs> <laughs> so anything, that was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> anything else we can help you with? No, I think I think you covered a lot. I really got some good tips here, so I really appreciate the time you guys took to go through everything like that. Oh, you're welcome, uh, Eric. Where can uh, where can people find you? You can find me and all of my resources over at podcasttalentcoach.com. I'm there all the time. Come see me. How about you, Dave? Uh, you can find me at School of Podcasting. 
podcastreviewshow.com. And of course, uh, if you want to get reviewed, just come over to podcastreviewshow.com where you will see the latest episode, which has uh, the APprofessor.org. So, uh, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You got the chair all warmed up for uh, the next person. Again, podcastreviewshow.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon with a new episode. Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? Go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. All right, I don't want to get off on a complete tamer. Yeah, right. I've never talked to a lion tamer, so I got to take my chance. Like, what's the? Uh, have you ever been injured? Like, in a, yeah, in a serious yeah, way? I, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't do it forever. I didn't do it for a long time. I mean, anybody who's been in it for a while has probably had some very serious injuries, but uh, I never had anything very serious. I had some close calls. Um, I mean, close enough that. I'm glad to be here with you today, but <laughs> but they didn't necessarily result in serious injuries. I, I had some that I'd rather not have. Of course. Injury from teeth or claws? Uh, mostly from claws. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of, I guess I had a few little nips, but that's usually from a very young cat. Uh, and they're, you know, it's like a puppy where they're always like biting everything and biting people and oh, so on. Right. And, uh, but yeah, it's mostly uh, claws. And, and I, I always worked with animals that had their claws. There's kind of a myth that, you know, the animals are drugged and they're declawed and so on. And you don't want to go see a performing animal that's drugged or I know you, <laughs> you can't wake them up for one right. thing, but secondly, uh, you know, they just act goofy and they fall down all the time and so on. And, uh, and, you know, declawed too, they, they can't hold on to anything. So you can't get them to do anything acrobatic because they can't, you know, hold on. I'm stoned, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Do you have to start training a lion when they're when they're very little, or can you can you take a an adult lion and train it? You can do it either way. I think most big cats that are performing these days, and and you know, when I was very involved with it, were uh, handled at a young age, but you can't really start training them, training them until they're a little older. For lions and tigers, about two years old is a good age because that's when they're finally sort of, you know, transitioning into adulthood. Before that, it's like trying to train a young puppy. I mean, they're just like all <laughs> over the place, sir. Right. So, I mean, you, you get them used to you and, you know, you, you're, you're around them and they, tr- you know, learn to trust you and, and you're all part of the same group. But, uh, yeah, you, you know, the actual training comes a little later. How did you get into it? How, what what was your job before Lion Trainer? Well, when I was in high school, I worked at the St. Louis Zoo, and uh, I thought I was going to be a zoo vet. That's what my goal was. And um, and I found out that zoo vets don't really go in and play with the animals much at all. The the keepers did a lot of that, but it was this was during the mid seventies. Uh, mid to late 70s. And um, that was at a time when zoos were transitioning to safer practices and they weren't allowing zookeepers to go in and play with animals anymore. But we had performing animal shows. And I found out the animal trainers, their job was to play with animals all day. And so I became an assistant animal trainer. Um, And we did raise lions and tigers there, but we didn't at that time have a lion or tiger show. We did when I was a kid at the St. Louis Zoo. That's where I grew up in St. Louis. And, uh, but uh, by the time I got to work there, that was gone. So I, w- I was an assistant sea lion trainer for several years. And when the, the lion tamers came through town, they'd stop and visit my boss because he was an old circus guy and um, middle-aged circus guy, excuse me, now an old circus guy. And uh, and he would introduce me to his friends that were lion tamers. And they say, you want to be a lion tamer? Nobody lines up for that job. Come on out to the lot and I'll let you watch me practice <laughs> and, and answer questions and stuff. So I kind of did that. And when I I went to, um, I got an undergraduate degree in biology, still working at the zoo on my days, you know, in between classes and on the weekends and that. And um, and so I put it, uh, when I got my bachelor's degree, I uh, put an ad in the circus report, which is a trade paper, and said, apprentice lion tamer available. And I got a bunch of offers, took the best one, and 
helped put together a mixed cat act, which is very unusual. You don't hardly ever see those. It was lions, tigers, a um, couple different kinds of leopards. We had a puma, too, and a German shepherd. <laughs> and it was that was fun. It was That's a blast. Awesome. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. All right, back and, that, and then I became a human teacher. That, that's fun too, but in a different way. And that's, that ends this episode of The Lion Saber. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> That'll be my next podcast. <laughs> this podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for absolutely free and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course, but there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah. That's like, holy cow. It's coming right up. All you have to do is go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. That's schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.